Hello and welcome to Art Imitates Life. I'm John Reynolds and this is the podcast that looks at the relationship between our world and the creative arts through the eyes of creatives. Today's episode I'm talking to the artist Philippa Tomlin who mainly makes work with reused and recycled materials. She's a big fan of trees and dead things and things with wings. She's been particularly active over the lockdown period, like making loads of different types of arts using recycled materials and painting like gigs and like memories of gigs and just, you know, having that just yearning for being able to go to like live concerts and things like that. So I was fascinated by a lot of the work that she did, especially like the really creepy, like surreal stuff with the skulls and things. She's been using Redbubble as well to promote and sell her work. So I had a really nice chat and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So how would you describe your art style? Because I know you do a lot of different things, but is there one like overall theme or overall idea that you put into all of your art? Um, yes, I, I think um, the thing that I spend my most time uh, looking at and kind of wanting to do is quite um, messy um, and it is um, it's with the, with the acrylic paints that's my that's my favorite thing to do and I think it is there's two things kind of going on in my head one is um, making something um, that wouldn't normally be beautiful into a piece of art um, and finding the beauty in that um, and then the other thing is um, is, is telling stories um, and um, having a, a, a picture that you can kind of hopefully get drawn into and and make up stories um, in your own mind as you're looking at the at the images. Um, does, yeah. does the acrylics give you more like freedom with creating those sorts of creating those sorts of images because like I've tried acrylic like, I'm no good at art but I've tried acrylics and I've tried like watercolors and with watercolors you have to get it very precise whereas with the acrylics does that help you create like the the kind of like surrealist stuff that you do yeah well so acrylics are really forgiving um they are um there's an expression um I've heard used a few times recently which is that you're moving paint around um and that's exactly what it is you can kind of push acrylics into spaces um and you can um get accidental blends of color and shape um made with it it's very textural it's quite um gloopy <laughs> I was like it, it feels kind of gloopy but movable um the only thing you have to watch with acrylics is if you especially if you've got cheaper ones is that they can be quite um transparent which you can you know you can play with that but it, sometimes it means that you have to layer up a lot of white and get your shape right first and then go then kind of hit it with color uh, but it just depends on what you've got your you can get your hands on can you remember like when you first discovered art? Like it might have been like as a child or like discovering it again, like when you were older. Was there like a moment where you decided that you wanted to keep doing it? That it was something that wasn't just like colouring in with crayons when you were little. It was it was something that could have meaning and it could have like a really big impact on your life. Um yeah, the, there's two kind of big hitting moments for me. Um one was when I was um probably about 14, 15. Um, and it was, you know, school art. And I remember, um, I didn't think I was that good. I liked doing it, 
and I loved the environment. Everyone just sat around a table and all this, all the art materials and us all chatting. It was a real kind of, it was the most social um, school lesson experience really for me. And that, that ticked a lot of boxes because I'm not a, I can't sit still and quiet. Um, so, um, so there was that. Um, but I was jealous. I remember watching a few people drawing and their, their drawing was so neat and precise and accurate and their, their studies of whatever it was um, were, were perfect. And I wanted to achieve that. That I was like, well, how are they doing that? Um, and then I would sort of make a big old mess and splat colours around and all that kind of stuff. And I remember it changing in my head um, with the help of my art teacher. She said, um, she said, I have created something and I have done something artistic. And so I was sort of looking back at my work um, and thinking, oh, okay, I have done something. And you know, it was that thing where I think that we had to draw a mushroom and <laughs> we had we had to pick um we had to pick a, a a sort of color, um, what, what would you call it? A color scheme for it. And people rushed off and it's like, you know, you, somebody got all the blues, somebody got all the reds and, and purple, somebody got all the um, browns to do the kind of real mushrooms. And when I, by the time I got to the packet, I was left with um, pink. Like I was sort of left with the leftovers that nobody really wanted to, to use. Um, and with no choice about it, off I went and did this mushroom and um, yeah, and it was her sort of say, teaching me to look at it differently. I wasn't doing a real thing. I wasn't recreating that on a piece of paper. I was interpreting it. And um, I suppose that starts to make you think about telling stories and, um, and so on. The, the second time, um, has been way more recent so I, I went off um I went off to art college did did my foundation year um at uh Leeds and um and pretty much got turned off art I, I didn't enjoy it at all couldn't afford anything I couldn't afford the materials um hadn't got my head clicked into gear about kind of recycled stuff and um and stuff at that point um, and I didn't like the course they led us on a, a mark making and stuff. I couldn't really get my head around. So I went off and did theatre. Um, 20 years later, um, I, so two years ago, I moved into a flat on my own and I had, I didn't have a telly, um, particularly I had little, little small telly. Um, but I found my sketch pad and, um, an old, um, pencil case and, um, and I was just sort of started taking up time sketching. Um, and I think one of the first things I, I sketched was a skull. Um, wow. <laughs> so I was just like, got a, a real heart back to being a teenager. I did a lot of skulls when I was a teenager. Um, and, um, and it took up time and it was, it was just brilliant, this, this experience. And so over the next few months, I saved up money and um, anything I'd got left over, I spent on a little bit of paint here and there and um, uh, old canvases from charity shops and stuff. Um, and then just started, I shared it on 
I shared a, a tree that I painted as a little doodle on Instagram and people really liked it. And I was like, okay, oh. I'm enjoying this too. So went from there. What's really interesting with the first story. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. What's really interesting with the first story is it kind of is what art is all about. It's because when you're little, I think everyone thinks that art is recreating like a photo or like making something really hyper-realistic. Yeah. So that's why you don't really appreciate artists like Van Gogh and stuff like that until you're a bit older where you can understand like the meaning behind them and like how they've interpreted things. But would you say that that moment helped you to see art differently? Like, was that the moment that you realised that art isn't just creating things that are realistic, they're creating things that are your own imagination and like using what you've got to make something brilliant? Yeah, definitely. That, um, it was that moment. And also, I mean, I would say I try um, and keep my artwork is, I like to think of it as quite accessible. I mean, you, you don't, I hope you don't need that kind of magic kind of other language of interpreting visual art when you, when you look at my stuff. Um, and, and yet, as you say, it's not just recreating like for like you could do that by pointing a camera at something you yeah. don't need to you know you're not channel channeling anything um and I think um yeah I think it is that and it, it's it's also a level of kind of maturity that comes with looking at images and um and also just experience you suddenly you as you get older you collect a kind of an understanding and a uh, of um, a kind of sign system, so you can see things and interpret things differently, um, and also apply your own context onto what you're looking at. Speaking of context, like a lot of what you do uses recyclable materials. Is there like a do you do this on purpose, or do you just like the idea of creating art that's really sustainable, or is it a like an artistic choice? I, all of that, absolutely all of that. Um, it started a lot of artists, a lot of artists do sustainable work because it's free um, or it's cheap. Um, and um, uh, I made a decision not to go, for, like, as I started to earn a bit more money and want to kind of expand into um, my artwork, I made a conscious decision not to make the easy choices and start buying prepped canvases and and stuff like that um because I want it to be sustainable and I do want it to be um uh green I want it to be um eco-friendly um I also think there's something about well, there's, there's two things that happen. There's one, so I, I hunt in charity shops for old canvases and I sort of feel like it's, <laughs> I'm on a little journey to save these poor canvases from their, um, from their horrendous experience <laughs> of having the fake Ikea rose or the, um, or the, that awful New York um, skyline. Um, and um 
or a coffee cup with daisies in it. <laughs> and I sort of, I really enjoy painting over those because um, that's that's what I do. I get I get them back and I paint the whole thing in, in white gesso um, or sometimes wall paint. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and so I quite like doing that. The other thing is cutting up cardboard boxes um, or using old tables or something that's damaged. Um, not all my canvases are perfect because they're, they're all jumbled up in the charity shop box. So there's dents and cuts and sometimes they're kind of boards, but it's chipped away. And I really like that. I don't like the perfect smooth um, canvas. I like kind of responding to the materials that, that you're painting onto. And when something, when the paint disappears, it goes into a kind of dip, you get a different kind of shadow and um, it might make you see something differently or shape something differently which can often have a lot more kind of um, depth and that kind of almost feel tactile. It kind of like brings me on to the next point about a whole part of like your art is to do with like your fascination with dead things. I'd, lo I'd love to ask you about that. And like, it just reminds me of how you're taking like these old things that were like an inverted commas dead and like you're bringing them back to life. Is that what you try to do when you draw like the the dead creatures and like sketch the things like that um yeah I suppose I do um it started a little bit tongue-in-cheek I was um 100% a teenage goth um <laughs> I've never particularly grown out of that um I I like I enjoy horror I enjoy fantasy um and um metal I, I'm all part of that kind of that world um, so I suppose as a kind of aesthetic, I'm drawn to that kind of thing. Um, I also really notice stuff like that. Um, like on, I like, I love going for walks. Um, but quite often, one of the things that I notice is that there's a dead rabbit or a dead bird or a skull over there. And I'll take a picture or have a look at it. Um, and so there is a kind of fascination. And it's, it's also, it's a, it's again it's coming from that sort of taking something that could be quite shocking or quite um mm, visceral maybe is the word and it's and making it something that you can look at and something that's interesting and um uh and and beautiful um and in particular um i like the, the skulls and skeletons probably the most i like to um to, to sketch and to do that kind of accurate interpretation is skeletons because it, it does, it fascinates me how you can sort of tell what the creature looked like, but you sort of can't um, at the same time. And there are some skeletons out there that are just insanely complicated and, um, and just weird shapes that you that you wouldn't think they would be and it's really nice to kind of draw a pencil along that line and sort of feel what the shape would be of that um of that creature but that comes back to like using your imagination oh sorry yeah no well, <laughs> sorry you, that's a perfect lead into what I was just gonna say if you want to say it again yeah like it all comes back to like using your imagination and like using what you have to create something 
Well, that's it. And then I can't leave it alone, of course, because I don't want to make a piece of art that's just a, a recreation. Then I, I goth it up, mess it up, bring in, <laughs> um, bring in mad colours and, um, and, and kind of use it to, to sort of start telling a story or get people thinking. Speaking of like being a goth and like being into like dark stuff, I love the um, I love the uh, painting that you did for the Bloodstock artist competition. Like, what inspired you to create that particular piece? Um, I was so this is all lockdowny stuff, and lockdown has kind of boosted my time when it comes to um, to painting, um, and it's been an absolute. Um, crutch therapy it's really helped me get through all of this um and i um i started looking at different groups online not really know what knowing what i was doing kind of looking far and wide and i ended up part of this group called well, i ended up part of this group on facebook called spooky babes <laughs> um, uh, which <laughs> <laughs> which isn't as exciting as it sounds um but through that there was the spooky art club and so i so i joined that um and it was it was fun for a while but it was awful i i got absolutely sick of um uh uh pennywise sexy pennywise makeup <laughs> and um all of these um painted faces being posted up um but somebody posted up the bloodstock competition and I was like amazing that's interesting and I read up all about it and basically it was about interpreting a song so picking an artist off the the bill for this year um, and <clears throat> picking a, a song and painting it um, and I was really excited about this and I and saw that Devon Townsend was um, uh, on the bill and um, my partner's a big Devon Townsend uh, fan. So I said to him, what, what should I paint? And without a, a beat, he said, listen to Jeweler. And I was like, okay. So I had a listen. And it's the first time I've done this kind of painting where the stories come first. So I just, I just went into this mad world where I, was, I wrote the lyrics on the wall. Um, I was listening to it. Um, I was trying to kind of like, is there a set story or is it a feeling? Um, I obviously wanted to go for the like the, the paintings, like again, it's skull, it skulls. It looks a little bit kind of proggy, I think. I was going for the sort of cheesy metal album cover vibe, but there's more to it in that song. Um, so I had a lot of fun and I painted the rhythm. So across the painting, there's these triangles. And actually that's this mad pulsing riffy rhythm that goes throughout the whole thing. And I'd originally thought it was going to be a sort of dark sort of carnival circus vibe. That's the, the sound that the piece of music was giving to me. But then I started to hear it more of um, well, this this goes incredibly deep and not not at all how uh, how I normally see my art, but I saw it as almost like the cycle of um, depression um, in a way that there's this this figure jeweler or nothing nothing harms them anymore and they're fine, but they're kind of screaming inside, and then it kind of there's all these sort of <laughs> it's sort of <laughs> so many layers to this it, it sort of goes off to this um 
the, the Greek underworld um, where all these souls are waiting to be reincarnated or saved. And then they, they kind of get brought up by these triangles <laughs> into the sky. But then can you ever really be free? Because you might come back down again. Welcome to the thought process. I mean, <laughs> well, I was going to ask whether, like, I was going to ask whether you like um, plan your art beforehand. But did you realize all that after you painted it? I realized all that afterwards. I was like, <laughs> I just stared at it and stared at it. My favorite, my absolute favorite things that happen uh, with my art are the ones that I don't feel like I painted at all. Um, I feel like I really just held my brushes. Um, that one I got really involved in and I kind of lived in that song for a little while and it was really fun and it was a bit mad and I planned it if you look at my Instagram there's a really really rough sketch well oh no no the first thing that happened is I planned it all out and I thought it was brilliant and then I saw his album cover what where that song comes from and I'd accidentally drawn pretty much the album cover oh wow and I was like oh god <laughs> <laughs> so I sort of accidentally I must have seen it I must have absorbed it somewhere along the line but I don't remember seeing it um so then I had to break that and I did this sketch but then other things just happened so I just saw a space where I thought something should exist and and so drew um a kind of chessboard almost that idea of playing games with death and then um, then there was, I wanted to break up the ground a bit. So, um, so I put in these screaming people. And then there was, um, he mentions eye for an eye and there was this big space in the middle. And I was like, I'm, I'm gonna draw eye, paint eyes <laughs> in there. Um, yeah, so it kind of just goes with the shape of it. How about the full moon stuff that you do? Cause I find that really interesting. Why do you decide to sketch every full moon? So it's a challenge to myself. I um, I am not a great drawer. I think when I said about painting, paint is so forgiving and it's um, you can layer up and mistakes don't matter. They're actually joyful. You can smudge into them and move things around. I, I'm way more connected to, to paint. Um, but I wanted to learn how to draw and I, I've tried a few ways in one I, I set myself a little kind of October challenge and got and drew things with pen and ink um one was I joined a little Facebook group on uh, portraits um which I'm not that great at um and then um and then one time I, I sat and I, I drew a moon I've done I've done moons in paint a few times and I just thought it's a really nice way of being connected to the full moon um, and a really a, a way of kind of marking that as a nice calm evening and and to draw the moons. And I had no idea that they're all called things as well. Um, so that has really informed what the drawings become. Like I think the last one was the wolf moon. The one coming up is the snow moon. Um, and there's some of them that I'd heard of, but I hadn't really looked into. Um, and uh, yeah, and so that's kind of training me to think about things differently and not not 
yeah and not do things the same way every time that being said I'm not sketching the next one I'm painting it so I'm kind of cheating but I will pay, I will go back to sketching them <laughs> again this comes back to your whole idea of like dead things because whereas the moon stays there forever it's like interesting seeing how the world changes like I guess you wouldn't have seen much change over the past like couple of months but like by the end of the year it'll be interesting to see how the landscape changes but the moon is still there definitely and I really like that and I like a kind of collection of things um comparison and that thing where time passes so bizarrely even more so in lockdown um a week feels like it's suddenly it's Tuesday again and it's gone really quickly and yet a day feels like an eternity (laughs) um just kicking about the house and um and then then there's those conversations that we have as humans all the time don't we when we're like oh do you remember that day that we were we visited such and such and it feels like it was yesterday and yet suddenly you're remembered either you're reminded through Facebook or something that it was you know five years ago and 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 that's mad how things have moved on and what you've achieved in those years even though that just feels like it happened a second ago I still find that insane like when I was speaking to Lauren I can't remember what episode it was but that feels like a couple of weeks ago but it was about half a year ago I think now that episode yeah how's Redbubble um like helped you to get your art out there I know you said uh, beforehand that it hadn't really but like I'm interested to see because it sounds like you enjoy like the things that you create okay so um uh we talked at the beginning about what I what I make and and stuff and I kind of like I see my paintings my acrylic stuff uh as my as I don't know not as my really involved pieces the the stuff that I really get get on board with and um and put up in the room kind of thing um red bubble um I saw Redbubble I kind of have fun with Redbubble um I am I I find it hilarious to see sketches like sketches and doodles on um on you know cups and coasters and and clothes modeled by these perfect models um, and so I'm kind of, to be honest, I'm kind of playing when I do the red bubble stuff. Um, it's not serious. It's not, I'm not a serious designer. I'm not, I don't think um, of it that way. Um, but I do, I get a lot out of it because I find it really fun. Um, that being said, it is helping in a way because it gives me an outlet. It gives me a kind of focus to put those things on. Um, and I do get a little, even though I sort of find it hilarious, I do get a little boost out of it. Um, and um, especially seeing it when people have bought things, which I'm <laughs> eternally <laughs> grateful. Um, seeing it on there and seeing it look real and kind of proper is really fun. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's what Redbubble's about. It's never going to make me a millionaire. It's um, by the time they've done, they've taken their commission and taken all the manufacturing costs um 
the, the the pennies that you get back it's really small but again you know the things that's why I don't I don't put up there the things that take me hours to make they're they're the things that I um uh I sketch and then take a photo of with my phone and then um manipulate on the phone um through filters and stuff which is something that's another thing that I really enjoy doing um so yeah it must be strange like seeing these like imaginations and things like that especially the really weird ones like come into the real world like come alive almost definitely um I did um I did this brilliant thing a couple of weeks ago I should have said actually the uh, the bloodstock thing has opened up a lot for me um in terms of connecting with other artists um which has been amazing one um one leads a group called Creptoba which is far more suitable to su uh, suited to me um than the than the spooky art over on Facebook um <laughs> much more accessible and friendly and um and I mean she's wonderful the woman that leads it and just open and leads a prompt every month for you to to get on board with um and the other is um, a group of artists who call themselves the outliers and they are kind of on the metal-y horror vibe and one of them leads a um a demon summoning um uh, every Saturday or so and basically that's like um, splatting paint around uh, for an hour and having a conversation and um, and because it's called a demon summoning you've got that in your head you know it's going to have a darker vibe however it's going to turn out but really what it is is it's an hour of art therapy where you're not thinking about things you switch your brain off and you're just kind of moving paint around a, um, a canvas and, and creating and the first one I did of that um, I made this mad kind of demon, manipulated it on my camera, on my phone digitally, and and that evening uploaded it to Redbubble. So it now exists on, <laughs> um, on like, what do you call it? Coffee cups and water <laughs> bottles and um, face masks as well. Go <laughs> for face masks. <laughs> I'm sure that'll scare people off. That that'll make people keep their two meter distance of the show. <laughs> Definitely. That kind of leads on to the next point that I was going to ask you about the um that the gig paintings. They're kind of like surreal, almost paintings of gigs. Like, where did the idea come for that? Because I know you were talking about that a little bit at the start. Yes. Um. I. I miss. I. I miss live music. Like like a hole in my heart I don't I I mean I I know that sounds so ridiculously dramatic um I'm sort of I'm not afraid of saying that it it is um it is something that I absolutely love and I know it, it, it's the same for a lot of people um live art being in groups of people experiencing um the music in front of you um being in close proximity to to a whole load of you know like-minded people who are who love the same thing that you love that's right in front of you chosen to be there and and sharing that experience um the sort of 
weird smell of, that, of all those people in the crowd um and your feet slightly stuck to the floor it's all part um, of the experience isn't it it is it's all part of that and um and I think we all have these photos that at the time you you take them I'm really strict with myself at a gig I let myself take three photos that's it one of me being like oh, I'm at a gig one of um the stage and try and capture somebody and one of uh, of something else I've kind of got a spare in case something inspires me and then I try and put my phone away and just enjoy the experience but it does mean that I've got these photos like a lot of people do that feel dead important at the time um and you take them home and really they are the backs of people's heads and a tiny wee band disappearing into the background um and then these lights they always has lights like these these mad lights and um and so i decided to no i decided to draw one it was one of my prompts i can't remember what somebody said i think it was the word cheer and and i it made me think of crowds and you know i drew that picture and i just i was overwhelmed with sadness this kind of grief for one you know one of my favorite things um but I was excited by it as well because suddenly this thing that was rubbish as a photo was actually quite a cool piece of art and it was giving me the experience and the atmosphere so then I painted a few and I asked to uh, asked the pal to send me a picture um of a gig that she went to and so I painted that as well um and um yeah so that's that's where that all came from and they're they're surreal but they're not they're they're kind of surreal because of the color of the lights and because it's the atmosphere and the energy but actually they're quite sort of realist in terms of the the painting you know they're just people in the stage it's just you can't see you can't see the stage very well and you don't know who it is but you you do if you were there Obviously, I did a Slayer one, so I got to do a big massive scroll. Um, so, yeah, so that's the that's the gig paintings. What was the group that you said like um, was released like the funding surrounding that? Ah, so um, so in in my real life, um, when I'm not painting, um, I work in theatre and I work in. Um, participatory community theatre, socially engaged work. Painting and stuff is just for me. I've always said that the painting is just for me. Only the trouble is, uh, as somebody who makes socially engaged work, you can't leave that bit of you alone. You, You always want to share and you always want to talk and involve other people and and so on. Um, Anyway, so I saw this fund come up um inviting people to apply to um uh, to make a piece of work um and it was the town center and neighborhood creative installation fund which is a snappy title um but i figured that my um my gig for my gig paintings would be great for that because it is a natural conversation that we can all have and we can all talk a little bit um, nostalgically about something that's quite recently lost. Um, So I put together this bid 
And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of recreate um, crowds um, in um, three sites across Renfrewshire um, and invite people to share with me their stories of their last ever gig before um, COVID. Not just gig, any time that they were in a crowd. Um, where I live in Renfrewshire, so Paisley has amazing big um, events that happen in the town, like um, Halloween, there's a big Halloween kind of procession and, and show. Um, there's a food and drink festival in the summer. Normally this is, <laughs> obviously. Um, so I'm hoping that we'll get some stories about that as well. So I'm going to kind of recreate though that surreal world of being in a crowd and being in close, close proximity to people um, and have their stories collected as a sound um, track so that as you as you're looking at the at the piece of art you're also experiencing their real stories that's fantastic will the info for that all be on your social medias oh yeah it yeah. will of course it will oh, <laughs> um and I, i'm actually i'm setting up it's called my place in the crowd um and i'm setting up a separate instagram for it at the moment as well fantastic i'll obviously like link that and share that around when when it's out just before we finish, I'd love to ask you about the name that you use for your Facebook page for your art, Hysterious Art. I know there's an interesting story behind that. <laughs> there is. So um, probably the second ever painting that I that I painted um, after coming back to art um, was this tree. Um, and it was is awful. I've got it up on the wall. I, I love it, but it's not great. Um, it's this tree and I've put in some silver, I think I used some nail varnish as well as some paint and it was drying on the, on a chair. And my little boy who was three at the time, um, is really interested in what I'm doing with, with my art. Um, and he, he woke up one morning and came over to it and he was looking at it and he went, oh, ma, that's hysterious. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I love that word because it's sort of it's slightly witchy in that hysteria kind of um, feminine kind of womanly kind of a way but also it's mysterious um, and so I kind of like I, I played with that for a bit and made my Facebook um, page that name um, I nearly decided to make that my name for all my artwork but because it's a totally made up word um, it it's not quite right and it does throw people <laughs> but I love that it exists on Facebook he definitely deserves like royalties from that like oh he does well he's got he's now got a tablet of his very own so he can have that for now I think originally oh. I said I reward him in screen time and fruit roll-ups oh <laughs> <laughs> how are you um like encouraging him to be creative as well uh, with some difficulty, I have to say, he's not, he's very much the director. He, um, he likes telling me what to paint. Um, and he actually, he's, he's come up with some good, he calls them finishing touches. If he's seen some of my work, um, he, he's come up with some good ideas for finishing touches. Um, but just recently, what I did was uh, we watched Bob Ross together to, um, to try and sort of have a sit down and chill out because he, he's on the go the whole time. He never stops. Um, and he loves it. I, I think he loves the repetitive nature of, of the work. And, and he always does very similar things with his brushes and the, the language that he uses is very calm and, and repetitive. 
so I set up the area an area in my living room so I kind of faked an easel and I found a little an actual plastic palette and I put his poster paints on it and did everything kind of properly for for real so he could play at being an artist and he absolutely shocked me because he never sits and draws or paints um but here he was uh, he's now he's just turned five um filling a little oh and I made little canvases out of cardboard and painted them white and he filled the space with paint to to copy Bob Ross and so he started painting this little um landscape really with trees um in quite a different way that five-year-olds normally there's the land at the bottom and the sky at the top and the and a sun somewhere whereas he'd copied this painting style and and put things in the middle of the page so I thought that was brilliant we we spent 20 minutes doing that and he hasn't touched it since but in that <laughs> 20 minutes I thought it was a genius <laughs> that's what art is they're like just relaxing like winding down and just letting letting your mind wander yeah absolutely Thanks so much for talking to me, Philip. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was really fun. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I've, I had a lovely chat with Philippa all about her artwork. And if you want to have a look at her artwork, I'll put the links for her social medias in the podcast notes. If you've enjoyed the podcast, then you can follow me on Instagram at Art Imitates Life Podcast. Or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Art Imitates Life. Thanks so much for listening and I hope to see you again very soon, but until next time, bye bye for now.